Center for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Well, let's see if I still remember how to do this. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Frank Morano, and here is your Top 5 at 5. This, this is the Top 5 at 5. Almost one in five New Yorkers received positive COVID test results in the latest batch of daily statewide data. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is telling President Biden to scrap his vaccine mandates after he told state leaders that there is no federal solution to the COVID pandemic. Kentucky Senator Rand Paul is blaming Dr. Anthony Fauci for thousands of COVID deaths because he said he has a bias towards vaccines. The Chinese government is warning the U.S. to, quote, act responsibly in outer space after Elon Musk's satellites almost collided with its space station. And the sports world lost an icon this week as famed broadcaster John Madden passed away at the age of 85. Almost one in five New Yorkers who took COVID tests received positive results in the latest batch of daily statewide data, a staggering reflection of the spread of Omicron. According to Governor Hochul's office, the state logged just over 40,700 new COVID cases on Tuesday, with over 27,700 cropping up in the city. More than 6,000 NYPD officers, about 17% of the 36,000 member force, were out sick as of Tuesday. Police sources told the New York Post that at total... 3,000 cops had flu-like symptoms and more than 1,300 were diagnosed with COVID. Meanwhile, the sheer scope of the surge figures to pour patients into medical centers. Here is Mayor Bill de Blasio on those numbers. New reported cases, seven-day average, a figure we could never have imagined. We're we're getting through it because people took the right precautions. 20,200 cases, just a staggering number, but one that hopefully will be very, very brief. There might be some of us might say that uh, we're getting through it, not because people took the right precautions, but because this is a milder strain of the covid virus. The statewide hospitalization rate has spiked by more than 100 percent in December and the state logged 647 new admissions on Tuesday. Meantime, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis wants President Biden to scrap his vaccine mandates after he told the leaders of 25 states that there's no federal solution to the COVID pandemic. They said, thank you very much. Look, there is no federal solution. This gets solved at a state level. I'm looking at Governor Sununu on the board here. He talks about that a lot. And it ultimately gets down to where the rubber meets the road, and that's where the patient is in need of help or preventing the need for uh, help. The Republican governors of Florida, South Dakota, Arizona, and Texas, plus a host of other GOP figures, are calling on Biden to drop his sweeping vaccine order affecting a third of the American workforce. They're also calling for him to drop his other nationwide COVID rules following his comment. Out of the four, just Arizona Governor Doug Ducey participated in the call. However, the president's supporters rushed to his defense, alleging the Republicans took his remarks from the meeting out of contact. They claimed that the now viral clip of Biden was a total lie and edited to suggest he's quitting on dealing with covid and just throwing it to the states. 
Meantime, Senator Rand Paul is blaming Dr. Anthony Fauci for thousands of COVID deaths because he said the White House chief medical advisor pushed vaccines while ignoring therapeutics. Paul accused Fauci of having a bias towards vaccines that dates back to the AIDS crisis. I think Fauci is of the philosophy that vaccines are incredibly successful and are the way to go versus therapeutics, for example. So with regard to AIDS, he was involved in the, as the AIDS epidemic came up, he wanted to develop a vaccine. There's nothing wrong with that. He wanted to develop a vaccine. Vaccines can be great for polio or smallpox or wonderful. It didn't actually work for AIDS. We still don't have an AIDS vaccine. But some people say that it hindered the therapeutic. And, and right now we treat AIDS pretty well. You can prevent people from having AIDS. People are HIV positive. They're on like five or ten different drugs. But the therapeutic angle ended up being the best. But he was biased towards the vaccine. And it's the same way now. I would venture to say that thousands of people die in our country every month now from COVID. The senator also claimed that thousands had died because Fauci didn't take into account natural immunity in prioritizing vaccinations. The CDC recommends that all people be fully vaccinated, irrespective of previous infection. The Chinese government is warning the U.S. to act responsibly in outer space. This comes after claiming its space station was forced to take evasive action twice earlier this year in order to avoid colliding with small satellites operated by Elon Musk's SpaceX. According to the reports, the Chinese Ministry of Foreign Affairs spokesperson alleged in a statement that the near collisions posed a serious threat to the lives and safety of the country's astronauts. The incidents occurred in July and October when the SpaceX satellites drifted extremely close to the Tiangong space station. China earlier this month said the astronauts on board were forced to implement preventive collision avoidance control on both occasions. Luckily for both countries, no astronauts were hurt in that uh, in that near hit. Without further ado, it is my great pleasure to welcome at seven minutes after the hour of five, the woman responsible for the traffic and transit on the sevens that you're going to be hearing about every 10 minutes this hour, the inimitable, the one and only Brandy Scott. Brandy, I have missed talking with you. How have you been? Well, Brandy, uh, uh, I don't blame you for clamming up. If uh, traffic was, if, if traffic was what is being reported anecdotally and what I'm hearing about, I wouldn't want my name to be attached to it either. We'll check in with you a little bit later. How about that? Meantime, the sports world lost one of its most beloved, influential, and iconic figures on Tuesday. The NFL announcing that John Madden, the NFL Hall of Fame coach-turned-broadcaster, died Tuesday morning at the age of 85. Uh, Pat Troy Aikman's trying to grow a beard, and he just can't do it. I mean, you know, the blonde-haired guys, a lot of them have trouble, but I can't even... I'm looking as close as I can, and I can't see any beard, but he's been... That's a four-day beard. Madden became known for more than just his unique signature style of broadcasting NFL games. Once he transitioned to the TV booth, uh, he became known uh, more for the broadcasting aspect of it than for his coaching career. His career produced a 103-32-7 record 
and a Super Bowl title for the Oakland Raiders. The league said he died unexpectedly and no details about a cause of death were released. Uh, in terms of the weather, today we will see a chance of rain or light rain before 7 a.m., then a chance of rain between 7 a.m. and 1 p.m., also a slight chance of drizzle after 1 p.m. It's going to be cloudy with a high near 44. Tonight, you'll have a 40% chance of rain, mainly after 1 a.m., cloudy with a a low around 42. Right now, there's some rain in the low 40s. We'll keep an eye on uh, on that throughout the hour. And former Senator Harry Reid, one of the Senate's longest-serving majority leaders and a Democrat who played a central role in enacting former President Obama's biggest legislative accomplishments, died Tuesday at 82 after a battle with pancreatic cancer. The death was announced by longtime political reporter John Ralston, who called Reid probably the most important elected official in Nevada history. Here's Senator Reid. My pomegranate trees are, I'm told, uh, blossoming and some pomegranates on them. I have some fig trees and roses and stuff that I just haven't seen. So uh, I have constituents that I'm anxious to see, friends I need to visit with, relatives I need to visit with. So as soon as we can complete our work, I would like to move uh, as quickly as I can to the summer recess period. Reed served as the majority leader from 2006 through 2014 before retiring from politics as one of the most influential and powerful Democratic leaders ever to serve in Washington. He was elected to be the Senate Democratic whip in 1998 and became the Senate Democratic leader in 2004. He was also one of the leading proponents in the Senate for funding of UFO research. And uh, that was an issue he remained vocal on until his death. COVID cases in the U.S. have doubled over the past two weeks as the Omicron variant grips the nation. According to a DailyMail.com analysis of Johns Hopkins data, just over 235,000 Americans on average are testing positive for the virus every day. That is a 98% increase from two weeks ago and approaching the prior record of 247,503 set in January. Americans have become increasingly frustrated by this surge. On Monday, just over 512,500 new cases were reported in the U.S., marking the country's largest single-day tally since the beginning of the pandemic. The record-breaking figure is in part the product of a multi-day buildup of unreported cases over the Christmas holiday on Saturday, which finally were logged to start the week. Though Omicron is thought to be less severe than Delta, hospitalizations have also been rising. There are up 6% nationwide over the past two weeks to just over just under 71,400. By the way, if you're interested in learning more about this, I would encourage you uh, to go to wabcradio.com and listen to the podcast of Dr. Mark Siegel's conversation with our owner, John Katsimatidis, from the Cats at Night show last night. He had a great deal of insight, as did Dr. Jay Bhattacharya, and uh, you can listen to my interview with him by going to WABC radio.com. Dr. Bhattacharya added a great deal of insight as well. President Joe Biden spent Tuesday hunkered down in his Rehoboth, Delaware beach house with no public events on his schedule as Omicron cases continue to spread. Biden's public schedule for the day was blank, although that wouldn't contain any private meetings or phone calls the president was holding during the day. The White House called a lid at 
10.13 a.m. Now, a lid means there will be no more public events with the president for the day. The GOP, citing a comment made uh, by Biden in October of 2020, released a tweet implying the president didn't an about-face on his commitment to battling the pandemic. This comes amidst the coronavirus coming back with a vengeance with the highest amount of cases in a day since January before the vaccines were created. A physician who spoke with CNN's New Day knocked the Biden administration yesterday, arguing that the White House dropped the ball on COVID testing. During an interview with CNN's chief White House correspondent, Caitlin Collins, Brown University School of Public Health Dean Dr. Ashkish K. Jha was asked whether the administration was missing a critical window for COVID testing heading into the new year. Everybody saw it coming. We knew we needed more tests. I think the administration had dropped the ball on this. Uh, they focus a lot on vaccines, which is terrific. Vaccines are a really, really important part of this, uh, but did not pay enough attention to tests. A, new, a few CNN correspondents have recently criticized the president for his handling of the pandemic. CNN reporter Phil Mattingly questioned last week whether Biden's inability to adequately prepare for the latest variant with testing should be considered a failure. Dr. Anthony Fauci said on Monday that people should not expect the government to mandate a COVID vaccine to fly domestically hours after saying that such a requirement should be considered. Here's Fauci with CNN's Jim Acosta. Everything when that comes up as a possibility on the table and we consider it, that does not mean that it is going to be likely to happen. Right now, I don't think people should expect that we're going to have a requirement in domestic flights. Fauci also denied that there was any conflict within the White House COVID-19 response team over the issue. In a sit-down with ABC News this week that aired Sunday, Fauci said that a vaccination requirement for domestic travel is just another level of getting people to have a mechanism that would spur them to get vaccinated. Anything that could get people more vaccinated would be welcome. The surge in cases has led to thousands of flight cancellations and delays as airlines struggle to find replacements for staff who called out sick, leaving travelers stranded at airports across the country. And the U.S. texting crisis stands in stark contrast to the U.S. where to the U.K., excuse me, where rapid test kits have been provided free to the public since August and can be picked up in packs of five from any pharmacy. As a result, the U.K. is performing 22.3 COVID tests per thousand people every day, five times more than the U.S. rate of 4.5, and the testing supply in Britain remains fairly robust despite the surge in demand from Omicron. According to a report from Vanity Fair, the Biden administration rejected a proposal in October to follow the U.K.'s footsteps by providing 732 million tests to average Americans every month. 515, let us check in with with Mike Garcia, who's got sports. Mike, I couldn't help but notice that fragrance you're wearing when you stepped in. What is it that you're wearing? It's a, it's a stu- I don't even know what it is. It's a particular kind of cream that I got from Bath and Body Works. Ah, very interesting. You don't want to reveal what it is. I no, have a feeling you know exactly what it is. I, I think later on I'll probably reveal it once I know the name. Fair enough. What's happening <laughs> in the world of sports, Mike? Well, first and foremost, c- good morning, everyone. I'm Mike Garcia, your friendly neighborhood guy, coming in with your early news sports update. First and foremost, as I just said, I want to say rest in peace, rest in eternal power to legendary NFL coach and sports broadcaster John Madden. Passed away yesterday in the morning 
at the age of 85. He was the head coach for the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm sure you've already spoke about this earlier today. They were the Oakland Raiders, though. The, at the Oakland time. Raiders, yes, at the time. And um, it's such a sad, sad news. And my condolences to his family, to his friends, and to everyone else that has been affected professionally, emotionally, in every essence. Gone and will forever be missed. On a positive note, it's always a good time when your New York team gets a win as the Knicks beat the Minnesota Timberwolves 96-88. Now, both offenses mainly struggled, but most of the credit goes to Knicks center Mitchell Robinson with his dominance that scored 14 points for them last night. May not be a big number, but it was enough to get the job done. Let's see if they can continue that dominance when they go on the road against the Detroit Pistons tonight at 7. Speaking of dominance, the Nets are whole again. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and LaMarcus Aldridge all have been cleared for the NBA's health and safety protocols. The Brooklyn Nets will be hosting the Philadelphia 76ers tomorrow night. Over and out to hockey, two 7 o'clock games are on the road tonight as the Rangers will face off against the Florida Panthers and the New Jersey Devils battle against the Sabres. Unfortunately, due to COVID-related issues... The Red Wings and Islanders have been postponed once again. So, there is that. That's your early news update. I'm Mike Garcia on 77 WABC. Thank you, Mike. We'll see you at 545. Now, I understand, I have it on good authority, that the inimitable Brandy Scott has returned with traffic and transit on the 7s. Hello, Brandy. Hey, how are you? How was your holiday? Uh, Not too bad. Not too bad. Thank you. Uh, How was yours? It was great, thank you. Spent some time with Grandma, you know, and the dogs, the typical situation over here. That's wonderful. I'm uh, happy to hear that. And uh, everybody's healthy, thankfully, right? Yes, everyone's happy, healthy. It was fantastic, I have to say. Thank you. That is great. How are the roads looking this morning, Brandy? Well, visibility is low out there, and we've got some foggy spots. You definitely want to plan a little bit of extra time if you're heading out in the Hudson Valley. Speed restriction in place at the Tappan Zee Bridge. You're down to 45 miles an hour on the span because of the weather. We do have a collision on the West Side Highway. You're shut down in both directions by West 52nd. Luckily, it's nice and early, so it's not causing a huge delay. BQE eastbound doing fine, approaching the Brooklyn Bridge from the inbound Gowanus. Overnight road work picked up at the Verrazano. You're back open in both directions on the lower deck. No big issues if you're heading inbound across the Hudson River at the George Lincoln and Holland. We do have a problem spot in New Jersey. Turnpike southbound in the car lanes right before the Turnpike extension. You're closed. It's an accident investigation by Interchange 14. Traffic is being moved over into the truck lanes. This report is sponsored by UPSjobs.com. Dear Team UPS, you did it again. You did the early mornings and night shifts. You did it for your family and community. You delivered everything from birthday gifts to life-saving vaccines. Thank you to each and every UPS, sir. I'm Brandy Scott on Sock Radio 77 WABC. Having a look, thank you, Brandy. Having a look at weather as a chance of uh, rain or light rain before 7 a.m. and then a significant chance of rain between 7 a.m. and 1 p.m. It's going to be cloudy with a high near 44. Tonight, a 40% chance of rain, mainly after 1 a.m. Cloudy with a low around 42. Right now, there's some rain and it's in the low 40s. In the meantime, let's have a look at what's happening on Wall Street. U.S. stocks were muted on Tuesday after the S&P 500 took a breather in early trading, closing out a choppy session in the red after the index seized a four-day climb toward its 70th all-time high. Contracts on the Dow, S&P, and the Nasdaq ticked up slightly, but were mostly 
flat. Markets closed on a mixed note following seesaw action from all three major indexes as investors weighed risking coronavirus cases across the globe. After reaching an intraday high, the S&P 500 reversed course midday to tick down while the Dow extended a five-day winning streak. The Nasdaq faltered, dragged down by continuing selling in high-tech, in tech stocks. Do we have any information on what the market actually did in terms of how much it was up or down? Uh, I will see if I could find that information for you, and uh, we'll report back shortly with uh, precisely what the stock market did. Meantime, uh, speaking of the economy, a new report says... Gasoline prices are on track to reach a national average of $4 a gallon next year, just in time for the summer driving season. In terms of what the stock market did, in fact, do, the Nasdaq lost 90 points, the Dow Jones gained 96, and the S&P 500 fell by less than five points. But in terms of those gas prices, GasBuddy, an app that tracks fuel prices and energy demand, predicts that consumers will get walloped just as school lets out and families take to the road. According to AAA, the forecast runs counter to the current trend in which gas prices have been coming down, reaching a national average of three twenty nine a gallon on Monday, down thirteen cents from the peak of three forty two on November eighth. 77 WABC owner and operator John Katsimatidis appeared on Fox Business saying inflation is to blame. Uh, the record sales during Christmas. You know, what, you know what the definition of that is? Inflation. It was the price increases. So you, we had record sales and uh, the, Wall Street is braced for record increases in, in its prices. If you want to hear more of John's thoughts on exactly what's happening with respect to gas prices and the economy, you're going to want to listen to the podcast of his his discussion with Charles Gasparino of the Fox Business Network. That's available on WABCRadio.com. GasBuddy believes prices will rise again in 2022 because several major refineries in Louisiana and Texas are down and demand is soaring. Refinery capacity fell to a six-year low in 2021. U.S. home prices surged again in October as the housing market continues to boom in the wake of last year's coronavirus recession. The S&P CoreLogic Case-Shiller 20-City Home Price Index, try and say that three times fast, climbed 18.4%. In October from a year earlier, the gain marked a slight deceleration from a 19.1% year-over-year increase in September, but was about in line with what economists had been expecting. All 20 cities posted double-digit annual gains. The hottest markets were Phoenix, Tampa, and Miami. Minneapolis and Chicago posted the smallest increases, 11.5% each. The housing market has been strong thanks to rock-bottom mortgage rates a limited supply of homes on the market, and pent-up demand from consumers locked in last year by the pandemic. Many Americans tired of being cooped up at home during the pandemic are looking to trade up from apartments to homes or to bigger houses. The city announced on Tuesday that it will eliminate its policy of quarantining entire classrooms exposed to the coronavirus. It will instead use a ramped-up testing program to allow students who test negative and who do not have symptoms 
to remain in school. The new policy, which Mayor Bill de Blasio referred to as stay safe and stay open during his announcement on Tuesday, will affect will take effect on January Third, This is when the nearly one million students who attend the city's public schools are scheduled to return from holiday break. More than 27,000 new virus cases were reported in New York City yesterday, and more than 2,300 people were hospitalized with COVID-19, according to the state's most recent count. 2021 brought some of the worst crimes in New York City due largely, according to some, to the shaky bail reform law, which has been criticized by Commissioner Dermache, as well as Mayor Bill de Blasio. Between lenient judges and liberal state bail reform laws, a slew of violent criminals landed back on the street only to commit more crime, oh, more crimes. Now, what's what according to some... The soft-on-crime law passed by state lawmakers in 2019 as part of the budget and tweaked in 2020 stripped judges of discretion by barring them from setting bail on nearly all misdemeanors and nonviolent felonies. Incoming Mayor Eric Adams has expressed some concern over the impact of state bail reform measures, but as a local elected official, there's likely little that he can do about it. State lawmakers did respond to inquiries from the New York Post about the issue over the past week, and Governor Kathy Hochul has largely declined to discuss the issue in detail. Meantime, state court officials have repeatedly defended judges' discretion when making bail decisions when the law allows them to do so at all. And incoming city controller Brad Landers is taking an NYPD security detail, even though he wants to slash funding for the police department. When the city passed its annual spending bill in June, the outgoing Brooklyn Democratic Councilman said he was, quote, disturbed that this agreement increases the NYPD budget by nearly $200 million and increases headcount at both the NYPD and the Department of Corrections. Lander also argued that the money should instead go to social services like housing and mental health care. In June of 2020, after the protests surrounding George Floyd's murder rocked the city and the nation, Lander wrote an open letter to his constituents titled, My commitment to working to defund the NYPD, it called for cutting the department's budget by one billion dollars. Evidently, we are not going to start those cuts with Councilman Lander's security detail because it will be entirely made up of members of the NYPD. 527, let us get a look at traffic and transit on the sevens with the one and only goddess of the Gowanus, Brandy <laughs> Scott. How are the roads looking this morning, Brandy? Well, we're a little bit better on the west side highway. We're back open on the southbound side, approaching west 52nd. Still dealing with that crash northbound in that area. It's in the process of being cleared. Some minor delays on the BQE eastbound, approaching the Brooklyn Bridge from the inbound Gowanus. Westbound side doing fine, approaching that area from the LIE. Still nice and quiet heading across the East River at both the Throgs Neck and Whitestone Bridges moving into Queens. You're in great shape on the Cross Bronx westbound, heading over to the outbound George. No issues on the inbound side at the George Lincoln and Hollands. Still closed in New Jersey on the Turnpike over in the car lane southbound. An ongoing accident investigation in Newark by Interchange 14. Traffic is being moved over into the truck lanes. This report is sponsored by UPSjobs.com. Dear Team UPS, you did it again. You did the early mornings and night shifts. You did it for your family and community. You delivered everything from birthday gifts to life-saving vaccines. Thank you to each and every UPSer. I'm Brandy Scott on Talk Radio 77 w a b c
Thank you, Brandy. 528, the Westchester County District Attorney said yesterday that former Governor Andrew Cuomo is off the hook for planning unwanted kisses on a female state trooper and a random woman during separate incidents while he was in office. District Attorney Miriam Roca, who I'll point out is one of only a handful of people to block me on Twitter, said a thorough investigation produced credible evidence to conclude that the alleged conduct in both instances did occur. However, in a prepared statement, she added, in both instances... My office has determined that although the allegations and witnesses were credible and the conduct concerning, we cannot pursue criminal charges due to the statutory requirements of the criminal laws of New York. The announcement came less than a week after acting Nassau County DA Joyce Smith said credible and deeply troubling allegations that Cuomo ran his hand across the trooper's belly at Long Island's Belmont Park in 2019 were also not criminal under New York law. The Westchester incident involved the unidentified trooper who was serving as one of Cuomo's bodyguards, allegedly took place outside the Mount Kisco house Cuomo shared with former girlfriend and TV chef Sandra Lee during the summer of 2019. Apple has started allowing some customers back in to its New York City stores just hours after the tech giant had banned all in-person shoppers, sparking a fierce backlash online. The iPhone maker's Big Apple stores, including its Fifth Avenue, Soho, and World Trade Center flagships, are currently offering limited walk-in shopping and repair services, according to the company's website. As recently as Monday evening, the stores were closed to all in-person shoppers and offering Order offering order pickups only. After news outlets reported on the closures, they quickly drew critics on social media. Mayor de Blasio, for his money, has pledged to keep New York City businesses open despite skyrocketing virus cases. Speaking of COVID, Australian actor Hugh Jackman revealed that he has tested positive for COVID and will be unable to perform on the Broadway play The Music Man for the time being. The actor took to Twitter to share a video of himself on Tuesday making the announcement. Jackman began his stunt on The Music Man at the Winter Garden Theater on December 20th. Jackman said that the latest COVID surge has been troubling to Broadway, which usually enjoys larger audiences during the holiday season. The musical issued a statement on Twitter on Friday that it canceled it shows last weekend due to breakthrough cases of COVID-19. We'll have more news coming your way in just a moment. You're listening to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Frank Morano. We'll be back straight ahead. Entertaining and informative. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. 531, this is the WABC Early News. I'm Frank Morano with all the news that's fit to listen to. The jury in the Jelaine Maxwell case said it was making progress as it failed to reach a verdict on the fifth day of deliberations. In a note sent at the end of the day Tuesday, the jury said our deliberations are moving along and we're making progress. Judge Allison Nathan allowed jurors to go home at 5 p.m. yesterday, but warned that they would have to sit every day this week until they reached a verdict, including New Year's Eve on Friday. 
On Tuesday, the judge said the rising number of Omicron cases was putting at risk our ability to complete this trial. According to Judge Nathan, none of the six men and six women on the jury panel had objected to sitting an hour extra each day to deliberate, a request she made on Monday, meaning they finish at 6 p.m., instead of 5 p.m. going forward. She said the change was because we're seeing an astronomical spike in the number of COVID cases in New York. Today, you'll see a chance of rain or light rain before 7 a.m., then a chance of rain between 7 and 1 p.m., and a slight chance of drizzle after 1 p.m. It'll be cloudy with a high near 44. Tonight, you will hear uh, you'll have a 40 percent chance of rain mainly after 1 a.m., cloudy with a low around 42. Right now, there's some rain and the low 40s. Uh, Why don't we have a look at uh, some of the five stories you'll be talking about all morning long. It's the top five at 5.30. Well, quite a bit happening in the news, and uh, you're going to be hearing about it all day, especially with uh, Russ Salzberg and Curtis Sliwa filling in for Bernie and Sid coming up at 6 o'clock. They're going to be in for Bernie and Sid for the rest of of the uh, the year, and we're certainly wishing uh, Bernard McGurk the best of luck with his health issues. Uh, here are some of the stories you're going to be talking about all day. Almost one in five New Yorkers received a positive test in results in the latest batch of daily statewide data. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is telling President Biden to scrap his vaccine mandates after he told state leaders that there's no federal solution to the COVID pandemic. Kentucky Senator Rand Paul is blaming Dr. Fauci for thousands of COVID deaths because he has a bias towards vaccines. The Chinese government is warning the U.S. to act responsibly in outer space after Elon Musk's satellites almost collided with its space station. And the sports world lost an icon this week as famed broadcaster John Madden passed away at the age of 85. Those stories and more throughout the next 30 minutes. A criminal complaint filed on Christmas Eve shows that a woman who was arrested last week for getting into a fight with an elderly man who was not wearing a mask aboard a flight had compared herself to Rosa Parks. Patricia Cornwall was arrested last week after the fight with the elderly man on board a Delta flight to Atlanta. She was reportedly trying to get back to her seat from the bathroom when a flight attendant with a beverage cart was blocking the aisle. The flight attendant reportedly asked her to take an open seat until they passed by, at which point she asked, What am I, Rosa Parks? The comment gained the attention of an 80-year-old man who was sitting nearby and told her she is not black. This isn't Alabama, and this isn't a bus. He told her to sit down, at which point the two started trading insults, ultimately leading to a fight in which Cornwall punched and spit on the man. Cornwall was set was taken into custody by the FBI and was released on a $20,000 bond. The NFL set an unfortunate record on Monday by placing a record 106 players on the league's COVID-19 list, nearly doubling the previous single-day mark. According to the NFL Network, all of the players have tested positive for the virus, including 96 who were found to be infected during Monday's screenings. ESPN's Chris Mortensen says the league and players' unions are currently discussing new protocols following the CDC recommendation that quarantine time for vaccinated individuals be reduced from 10 days 
to five. The NBA made a similar move on Monday, cutting isolation times for vaccinated players to six days. More sports with uh, Mike Garcia coming up at 545. New York Times reporter Taylor Lawrence appeared to refer to the United States as a, quote, trash country on an Instagram story captured by a conservative reporter. Free Beacon reporter Matthew Foldy tweeted an image of Lauren's Instagram story in which she was apparently answering questions from followers. Someone asked why COVID hasn't woken new Americans up to fight for free health care. When the reporter bashed America with her response, this is what her post read. Yeah, if a global pandemic doesn't help people in this trash country recognize the problems in our healthcare system, I don't know what will. Lawrence has been outspoken about her thoughts on the coronavirus pandemic. After Monday's alleged trash country comment, she wrote, If you come into my DMs minimizing COVID or acting like vulnerable people don't matter, I'm blocking you. I don't care what literature you send me. I do not care. 537, somebody that does care about you and your commute this morning is the one and only Brandy Scott. Good morning, Brandy. Good morning. Definitely want to plan some extra time out there on the roads. We've got some slick and icy conditions and spots, some problems on the Palisades Parkway northbound. Moving between exits 11 and 12 in New City, a collision out there blocking all lanes. Traffic is only squeezing by on the shoulder. Foggy conditions at the Tappan Zee Bridge, low visibility there. Speed restriction of 45 miles an hour down on the span. Still working on that accident on the west side highway northbound by West 52nd. All lanes are blocked while they pick that up, not really causing a big delay. BQE eastbound slowing down, heading over to the LIE. Crash out there in the left lane over by the Kosciuszko Bridge. LIE westbound, some minor pockets of slowdowns approaching the Grand Central from the Clearview. Still a great ride if you're heading inbound across the Hudson River. No issues at the George Lincoln and Holland. Alternate side in effect today. Mass Transit is on or close. I'm Brandy Scott on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Well, thank you, Brandy, at 538. This may shock you, but almost one in five New Yorkers who took COVID tests received positive results in the latest batch of daily statewide data, a staggering reflection of the spread of Omicron. According to Governor Hochul's office, the state logged just over 40,700 new COVID cases on Tuesday, with over 27,000 popping up in New York City. More than 6,000 cops, that's about 17 percent of the 36,000 member force were out sick as of Tuesday. Police sources told the New York Post that as a, that of the total, 3,000 police officers had flu-like symptoms and more than 1,300 were diagnosed with COVID. Meanwhile, the sheer scope of the surge figures to pour patients into medical centers, according to some. Here's Mayor Bill de Blasio on those numbers. New reported cases, seven-day average, a figure we could never have imagined. We're, we're getting through it because people took the right precautions. 20,200 cases, just a staggering number, but one that hopefully will be very, very brief. Uh, in contrast to what the mayor said, there are others who believe that the reason we're getting through it is not because of a change in the precautions that were taken, but because this is a milder strain of the virus. The statewide hospitalization rate has spiked by more than 100 percent in December, according to state figures. The state logged 647 new admissions on Tuesday. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis wants President Biden to scrap his vaccine mandates after he told the leaders of 25 states that there's no federal solution to the COVID pandemic. The Republican governors of 
Florida, South Dakota, Arizona, and Texas, plus a host of other GOP figures, are calling on Biden to drop his sweeping vaccine order affecting a third of the American workforce. They're also calling for him to drop his other nationwide COVID rules. Following his comment, out of the four... Just Arizona Governor Doug Ducey participated in the call. However, the president's supporters rushed to his defense, alleging the Republicans took his remarks from the meeting out of context. They claim that the now viral clip of Biden was a total lie and edited to suggest that he quit. He's quitting on dealing with covid and just throwing in throwing it to the states. Senator Rand Paul, for his money, is blaming Dr. Anthony Fauci for thousands of COVID deaths because he said the White House chief medical advisor pushed vaccines while ignoring therapeutics. Here's Senator Paul. I think Fauci is of the philosophy that vaccines are incredibly successful and are the way to go versus therapeutics, for example. So with regard to AIDS, he was involved in the, as the AIDS epidemic came up, he wanted to develop a vaccine. There's nothing wrong with that. He wanted to develop a vaccine. Vaccines can be great for polio or smallpox or wonderful. It didn't actually work for AIDS. We still don't have an AIDS vaccine. But some people say that it hindered the therapeutic. And, and right now we treat AIDS pretty well. You can prevent people from having AIDS. People are HIV positive. They're on like five or ten different drugs. But the therapeutic angle ended up being the best. But he was biased towards the vaccine. And it's the same way now. I would venture to say that thousands of people die in our country every month now from COVID. The senator also claimed that uh, thousands died because Fauci didn't take into account natural immunity in prioritizing vaccinations. The CDC recommends that all people be fully vaccinated, irrespective of previous infection. The Chinese government is warning the U.S. to, quote, act responsibly in outer space. This comes after claiming its space operation was forced to take evasive action twice earlier this year to avoid colliding with small satellites operated by Elon Musk's SpaceX. According to reports, the Chinese Ministry of Foreign Affairs spokesperson alleged in a statement Tuesday that the near collisions posed a serious threat to the lives and safety of the country's astronauts. The incidents occurred in July and October when the SpaceX satellites drifted extremely close to the Tiangong space station. China earlier this month said that astronauts on board were forced to implement preventive collision avoidance control on both occasions. You'll hear sports with Mike Garcia coming up in just two minutes, but no doubt about it, the sports world lost one of its most beloved, influential, and iconic figures yesterday. The NFL announced that John Madden, the NFL Hall of Fame coach turned broadcaster, died at the age of 85. Uh, Pat Troy Aikman's trying to grow a beard, and he just can't do it. I mean, you know, the blonde-haired guys, a lot of them have trouble, but I can't even, I'm looking as close as I can, and I can't see any beard, but he's been, that's a four-day beard. Madden became known for his unique signature style of broadcasting even more than for his coaching career. In that coaching career, which was quite impressive, he had a 103-32-7 and and record and a Super Bowl title with the Oakland Raiders. The league said he died unexpectedly and no details about a cause of death were released. We'll have uh, traffic coming up at uh, 547. In terms of weather, a chance of rain or light rain before 7 o'clock this morning. 
morning, so be careful. A chance of rain between 7 a.m. and 1 p.m., and uh, then a slight chance of drizzle after 1 p.m. It'll be cloudy with a high near 44 degrees. Tonight, you can expect a 40% chance of rain, mainly after 1 a.m. It'll be cloudy with a low around 42. Right now, it looks like there's some rain out there, and it is in the low 40s. Let us get a look at sports at 545 with the one and only Mike Garcia. What's happening, Mike? Thank you, Frank. You know, to answer your question from earlier, the cream is called graphite from Bath and Body Works. There you have it, graphite. Yes, all credit goes to my love of the life, Sophie, that actually got it for me for Christmas. Uh, thanks to Sophie for making Mike smell <laughs> tolerable for us. Good morning, everyone. I'm Mike Garcia, your friendly neighborhood guy, here with your early news sports update. Once again, the world is in sadness in the NFL business and the NFL industry in general. Everything because we lost a great legend and icon, John Madden, dying at the age of 85, as you just discussed. And it's, it's sad. It really is. He, my condolences to his family, his friends, his fans, everyone that that man has affected, gone, will forever be missed. On a positive note, the Knicks last night beat the Minnesota Timberwolves 96-88. to both offenses, <laughs> both offenses mainly struggled, but most of the credit goes to Knicks center Mitchell Robinson with his dominance that scored 14 points for them. May not be a big number, but it was enough to get the job done. Let's see if they can continue that dominance when they go on the road against the Detroit Pistons tonight at 7 p.m. The Nets are whole again. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and LaMarcus Aldridge all have been cleared the NBA's health and safety protocols for COVID-19. The Nets will be hosting the 76ers tomorrow night. What a game is that going to be? Oh my goodness. Over and out to hockey. Two 7 o'clock games are on the road tonight as the Rangers will face the Florida Panthers and the New Jersey Devils battles the Sabres. Unfortunately, due to COVID-related issues, uh, the Islanders-Red Wings game has been postponed once again. Instead, the Islanders will be hosting the Sabres tomorrow at 7.30. That's your early news sports update. And I'm Mike Garcia on 77 WABC. Thank you, Mike. Are you, are you doing sports throughout the uh, Bernie and Zid show this morning as yes, well? Yes, I am. You are? All right. Absolutely. So you will not only be treated to the dulcet tones of Curtis Lee and Russ Salzberg, but you'll get to hear by popular demand even more Mike Garcia, who I wish you could smell him, ladies. He really <laughs> does smell quite lovely, although kind of masculine, so not too lovely. <laughs> 547, uh, someone uh, who we can't smell, and uh, that's unfortunate, is Brandy Scott, who's got all the traffic and transit. At 547. Brenda, you have a particular fragrance that you're fond of? I do. I really like this perfume called Oxygen by Lenvin. It's been around forever. It's just really nice, mild smell. You can wear it in the studio and nobody gets mad at you. Very nice. Good to know. <laughs> All right. How are the roads looking this morning on uh, a lot of people breaking away early for a holiday weekend? Unfortunately, I mean, it's quiet as far as volume is concerned, but we do have a couple of collisions out there. Right now, the BQE eastbound, we've got the left lane out by the Kosciuszko Bridge. Collision has you very slow, approaching the LIE from Meeker Morgan. Some pockets of volume on the LIE westbound, approaching Queens Boulevard from the Clearview. Slowing down on the FDR southbound, heading over to 96th Street. Looks like a fender bender out there. Palisades Parkway still dealing with that accident on the northbound side in New City. All lanes are blocked between exits 11 and 12. 
12. Traffic is only getting by on the shoulder. Over in New Jersey, ongoing accident investigation on the Turnpike southbound. Right before the Turnpike extension in Newark, you've got no access to Interchange 14. Traffic is being moved over into the truck lanes. Also a collision on the Garden State Parkway northbound off to the shoulder by exit 137 in Clark. This report is sponsored by Mattress Firm. Hurry into Mattress Firm's year-end sale. Get a king bed for a queen price or a queen bed for a twin price and save up to $500 on select mattresses from Sealy, Serta, and Sleepies. I'm Brandy Scott on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Thank you, Brandy. Uh, we'll talk to you in nine minutes. U.S. stock futures were muted on Tuesday after the S&P 500 took a breather in early trading. They closed out a choppy session day in the red after the index ceased a four-day climb toward its 70th all-time high. Overall, the Dow Jones gained 96 points, the S&P 500 fell by less than five, and the Nasdaq lost 90 points. A new report says gasoline prices are on track to reach a national average of $4 a gallon next year, just in time for the summer driving season. GasBuddy, an app that tracks fuel prices and energy demands, predicts that consumers will get walloped just as school lets out and families take to the road. According to AAA, the forecast runs counter to the current trend on which gas prices have been coming down, reaching a national average of three twenty nine a gallon on Monday. That's down 13 cents from the peak of three forty two on November 8th. Gas Putty believes prices will rise again in 2022 because several major refineries in Louisiana and Texas are down and demand is soaring. Refinery capacity fell to a six-year low in 2021. U.S. home prices surged again in October as the housing market continues to boom in the wake of last year's coronavirus recession. The S&P CoreLogic Case-Shiller 20-City Home Price Index climbed 18.4% in October from a year earlier. And uh, the goods trade balance for November is leading off today's economic reports. Trade analysts expect to see the deficit widen slightly to $86 billion. The report will be out at 8.30 this morning, along with November's wholesale inventories. In, economists are forecasting a 9.10% rise in wholesale inventories. November pending home sales are due at 10 o'clock this morning. And the Powerball lottery jackpot is reaching I. Popping numbers again. The final jackpot of 2021 will be an estimated $441 million for tonight's drawing. That has a lump sum cash value of over $317 million. Can you imagine? No one has been lucky enough to hit all five numbers plus the Powerball since uh, October 4th when one lone winner snags a nearly $700 million prize. And League of Legends developer Riot Games is set to pay over $100 million to settle a lawsuit. The settlement is part of a 2018 gender discrimination and sexual harassment lawsuit filed by a group of current and former employees. The group alleged equal pay violations, gender and sexual discrimination, sexual harassment and retaliation. Court approval is still pending, but a minimum of $80 million is going directly to worker compensation. Riot will also pay for an independent third party to conduct a gender equity study on employee pay, job assignments and Promotions. An independent auditor will also monitor workplace compliance for the three-year period. 
The city of New York announced yesterday that it will eliminate its policy of quarantining entire classrooms exposed to the coronavirus. It will instead use a ramp-up testing program to allow students who test negative and who do not have symptoms to remain in school. The new policy, which Mayor Bill de Blasio referred to as stay safe and stay open during his announcement yesterday, will take effect on January 3rd. That's when the nearly one million students who attend the city's public schools are scheduled to return from holiday break. More than 27,000 new new virus cases were reported in New York City on Tuesday, and more than 2,300 people were hospitalized with COVID, according to the state's most recent count. Well, incoming New York City controller Brad Lander is taking an NYPD security detail, even though he wants to defund the police. That's right. When the city passed its annual spending bill in June, the for, the outgoing Brooklyn Democratic councilman said he was disturbed that this agreement increases the NYPD budget by nearly $200 million and increases headcounts at both the NYPD and the Department of Correction. Lander also argued that the money should instead go to social services like housing and mental health care. In June of 2020, after the protests surrounding George Floyd's murder rocked the city and the nation, Lander penned an open letter to his constituents titled, My Commitment to Working to Defund the NYPD. It called for cutting the department's budget by a billion dollars. The Westchester County District Attorney said former Governor Andrew Cuomo was off the hook for planning unwanted kisses on a female state trooper and a random woman during separate incidents while he was in office. District Attorney Miriam Roca, one of the few people who has blocked me on Twitter, said a thorough investigation produced credible evidence to conclude that the alleged conduct in both instances did occur. Now, you might ask, well, then why no charges? Well, in a prepared statement, she added, quote, however, In both instances, my office has determined that although the allegations and witnesses were credible and the conduct concerning, we cannot pursue criminal charges due to the statutory requirements of the criminal laws of New York. The announcement came less than a week after acting Nassau DA Joyce Smith said credible and deeply troubling allegations that Cuomo ran his hand across the trooper's belly at Long Island's Belmont Park in 2019 were also not criminal under New York law. The Westchester incident involved the unidentified trooper who was serving as one of Cuomo's bodyguards, and it allegedly took place outside the Mount Kisco home Cuomo shared with then-girlfriend and TV chef Sandra Lee during the summer of 2019. Cuomo has been talked about as a possible candidate for New York State Attorney General next year. Apple! has started allowing some customers back into their New York City stores just hours after the tech giant had banned all in-person shoppers, sparking a backlash online. The maker of the iPhone, including their stores at uh, Fifth Avenue, Soho, and the World Trade Center, are currently offering limited walk-in shopping and repair services, according to the website on their uh, online. As recently as Monday evening, the stores were closed to all in-person shoppers and offering Order pickups only. After news outlets reported on the closures, they quickly drew critics on social media. Mayor Bill de Blasio has pledged to keep businesses open despite skyrocketing virus cases. Australian actor Hugh Jackman, the star of The Music Man, 
revealed that he's tested positive for COVID and will be unable to perform on the in the Broadway play for the time being. The actor took to Twitter to share a video of himself on Tuesday making the announcement. Jackman began his stint on The Music Man at the Winter Garden Theater on December 20th. Jackman said that while the latest COVID surge has been troubling to Broadway, which usually enjoys larger audiences during the holiday season, the musical issued a statement on Twitter last Friday that canceled its shows last weekend due to breakthrough cases of COVID-19. And the jury in the Jelaine Maxwell case said it was making progress as it failed to reach a verdict on the fifth day of deliberations. In a note sent at the end of the day Tuesday, the jury said our deliberations are moving along and we're making progress. Judge Allison Nathan allowed jurors to go home at 5 p.m. that day, but warned they would have to sit every day this week until they reached a verdict. That includes New Year's Eve on Friday. On Tuesday morning, the judge said that the rising number of Omicron cases was putting at risk our ability to complete this trial. According to Judge Nathan, none of the six men and women on the jury panel had objected to sitting an extra hour each day to deliberate, a request that she made on Monday, meaning that they'll finish their deliberations each day at 6 p.m. instead of 5 p.m. Well, somebody that never hesitates to work an extra hour when called upon is our own goddess of the Guanas, Brandy Scott, who's got traffic and transit at 557. How's it look at the moment, Brandy? Well, right now, the inbound Gowanus is a great ride heading over to the BQE, but the BQE eastbound slows you down heading over to Atlantic Avenue. After that, on the eastbound side, a crash in the left lane right before the Kosciuszko Bridge. That has you very slow heading over to the LIE. FDR southbound, an accident over by 96th Street, just causing some minor delays so far. After that, you're doing fine approaching the Battery Tunnel. We've got a collision on the Deegan southbound by Van Cortland Park South. It's taking out the right lane, hitting the brakes there from the Mashaloo. Another crash on the Palisades Parkway northbound in Rockland County. All lanes are blocked, moving between exits 11 and 12 in New City. Traffic is squeezing by on the shoulder. Still in pretty good shape, though, if you're heading inbound across the Hudson River at the George Lincoln and Hollands. Alternate side in effect today, and mass transit is on our close. This report is sponsored by UPSjobs.com. Dear Team UPS, you did it again. You did the early mornings and night shifts. You did it for your family and community. You delivered everything from birth they give to life-saving vaccines. Thank you to each and every UPSer. I'm Brandy Scott on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Thank you, Brandy. Have a happy new year. It has been a real treat working with you not only this morning, but throughout uh, the year. And uh, hopefully we can do that again quite a bit more in 2022. Uh, meantime, Russ Salzberg and Curtis Slewa are coming up at 6 a.m. as they fill in for Bernie and Sid. But there's one story I want to bring to your attention before we get out of here. A Minnesota woman that got a letter mailed to her address is getting the correspondence to a family member of the intended recipient nearly 70 years after it was mailed. Susan Norden told KQDS-TV in Minnesota, a mysterious letter addressed to Mr. and Mrs. Ed Nelson appeared at her home in October, and she quickly realized it was from Copenhagen and from 1953. She enlisted the help of Facebook to help identify the uh, who, uh, help identify who used to occupy her home. That led her to Connie Anderholm, the granddaughter of Ed Nelson, who lives in Ohio. She says her parents wrote the letter to announce the birth of her brother Jim, who recently passed away. There's no word on why the letter was lost 
for nearly seven decades. It goes to show you, sometimes it takes a while, but eventually the post office gets the job done. Have a great new year, everyone. Stay safe. Stay healthy. The WABC morning show of Russ Salzberg and Curtis Lewa is next. But first, here's Frank Diaz with the news.